0: Welcome to the Good Shepherd and the Child podcast, where we explore the spirituality of the Christian child through the method of Catechesis of the Good Shepherd. I am your host, Carrie Mackie Lozano. Today's episode is the first part of a conversation that I just recently had with Patricia Coulter. And we discussed her time that she lived in Italy with Sophia and Jana and being formed by them as well as the book that her and Sophia collaborated on, Ways to Nurture the Relationship with God, which is the book study that we are encouraging all of you to get with some friends and co-catechists and parents and fellow parishioners and dive into this really beautiful book. So she speaks about how this book came to be, where did it come from, from her time living with Sophia and Janet in Italy. So So today's episode is part one of the conversation where she talks about her time in Italy and this book. And then next episode will be part two of the same conversation where we dive into chapter four on the true vine. And then that will complete all four of the chapters from ways to nurture the relationship with God so that you can use that for your summer book study. We are also preparing some study questions that can help you in that endeavor as well. I hope you enjoy. Patricia, I am very excited that we have finally gotten you on the podcast. Thank you so much for joining me.
1: It's really a, a pleasure to be with you, Carrie. And, you know, I have to thank you for... You doing important work. I have so benefited by listening to your conversations and some of the gems. Like, I just have to say your conversation with Betty Hisson, mm-hmm. a beautiful witness, and her son, John. And it was near yes. the end. And I don't know whether you invited her. Betty, do you have any other thoughts? And she, with this clarity, said, well, yes. I like to say to the catechists, before you go to spend time with the children, the most important thing you can do to prepare is to pray. Mm-hmm.
0: She is such a gem. I I was so honored to get to talk to Betty and John. I'm I get to talk to a lot of amazing people, just like you. So I'm really excited about this conversation. It's been a long time coming. Me too. <laughs> well, Patricia, tell us about yourself. Tell us who you are. But I also want to hear your story of how you got involved with Good Shepherd.
1: Oh my. You know the expression way back when? (laughs) Well, this is way, way, way back when. (laughs) Actually to 1975. And I have to say, it was a combination of two things. One, it's kind of like that song, Amazing Grace. Mm -hmm. Uh, I once was lost and now I'm found. Because I was happy in my life as Uh, in Montessori, working with the younger children. But after three years, I was less happy because there was really something missing, both professionally and personally. Professionally, there could be, according to school administration, absolutely no mention of God. Mm. And after three years, that didn't sit well with me anymore. And at the same time, in my personal life, I don't know if it's happened to you, Carrie, but there was the sense that there's something more. I'm speaking about faith, about relationship with God. And I was restless. So I went on a very short retreat over Holy Week by another amazing grace. Uh, The sense was... I've I've really got to to move on this. This is the most important. But I wonder what it could be. And by the end of it, I said, Well, you know, I love Montessori. She was a woman of faith as well as science. And I had found every book I could, and had pored over them and loved what she had done in terms of revision of the child's being made in the image and likeness of God. But how to find out about it? So when I got home, uh, and this begins what I call, uh, I, I found four words kept coming back to mind as I thought about this. And they're family, friendship, faith, and first love. And I say family because none of these 48 years would have happened without them, Carrie. I come mm-hmm. from a big family and a generous family and a faith-filled family. And it began when I got off the plane, got home and knew I had to do something. And I told my mom and dad and said, you know, the, the place I think I want to go, because I have read Child in the Church, and standing kind of offers developments that were kind of being made with Montessori's idea. I said, I really like this chapter by Sophia Cavalitti, Uh, but I don't know if she's alive or if I could, if she is how to get in touch with her. And my father took the book and brought it back and he said, here's her address. Wow. <laughs> Sat down wrote her a letter, wrote, made a copy, sent the same one to Bergamo because I'd heard from a good friend that she would often go there and share with the students at the Montessori Foundation in Bergamo, Italy. So I sent them and waited a month. A letter came back. Mm. And she said, because uh, I'd said, I want to come and study with you. And she wrote back and she said, well, how about you come and we meet uh, in the States. I'm giving a course in July and maybe we can see. So I said yes and I went to the course and it was a month long and I thought, oh yes, again, with my marvelous family, I found myself in Rome that fall. And I think what really touched me is uh, I arrived there. I hadn't, I knew no one except Sophia knew no Italian. <laughs> but I entered into what I call a circle of friendship. Mm. The ones I met, Mosejana, Tilde and Claudio Cocchini, Silvana Montanaro, and Augusta, who lived with Sophia and her family. And I realized they all were friends of the Lord individually. Mm. And friends together in the lord and there was a warmth there that just it created an atmosphere not only for any adults but you can imagine what it would be for a child to walk into that
0: right so how long were you there
1: uh, two years i planned to stay for one and um, I, I thought it would be a once off thing and by the end of the uh, first year um, th- at that point the year it was a two-year course Uh, the sense was, well, you know, you're coming back, right? So I went back home and went begging. I was the begging bag lady. I (laughs) I brought kind of some of the stuff I had and just went to every religious order, every priest, every sister, um, because I don't know about in the United States, but Montessori teachers don't make a lot of money, and I'd pretty well used it up going to <laughs> St. Paul for the summer course. And and so I went back. But at that time, it didn't even have a name. Mm. That was to come years later. So what it was, was actually going back to that experience. Now, I want to go to my third word, faith, where faith is lived in a way that was so real and true, because I I think what they were all pointing to was about, this is about our first love in life, whatever Mm -hmm. our loves are, and that's the Lord. And it's beautiful to live it with children who are actually in their first, first love with the Lord. And it reminds me, I don't know if uh, you remember that reflection. Brother Ignatius Beaver, a beautiful Capuchin friar, Canadian. He gave a reflection at the 60th anniversary in Phoenix nine years ago. Mm -hmm. And it was about remembering your first love. And um, this is also one of the key themes of Pope Francis. At this time, he said at Easter, we're like when he said, Jesus said to Mary, Tell them all to go to Galilee. I'll meet them there. And he Mm -hmm. said, we all have our Galilee. When was it? Where was it? How was it? That we felt that warmth of his love, uh, the joy of being together. And Carrie, I have to say, in thinking about doing this with you, it's definitely been a beautiful opportunity to go to Galilee.
0: Mm.
1: So we're meeting in Galilee this morning.
0: <laughs> so for the two years that you were in Italy with Sophie and Gianna, what all, what, what all did you do there? What, what took your time up?
1: Uh, well, I turned up as just by one of those graces to be the first uh, English-speaking person there mm-hmm. and um, who knew no Italian. So two really good things came out of that number one because i didn't understand a word i bought a tape recorder that Mm -hmm. was high tech then (laughs) one of the key dynamics going on there was sophia and jana's course and part of it was uh people from regina mundi institute would come so there was a real mixture of uh for instance, whoever at Regina Mundi, it was an international university. Mm-hmm. So people would come. And the major draw that for that was about the scripture and liturgy.
0: So they were coming to learn from Sophia. Exactly. Not necessarily about catechesis of the Good Shepherd, exactly. but just her scripture knowledge.
1: Exactly. Okay. And And liturgy. And then there would be in the room some parents. There would be some catechists. There would be people who just wanted to grow in faith. Mm-hmm. Okay, So that part um, I would tape hoping someday I would know what they were talking about. <laughs> so, so, yes. Uh, so we would be there with, if we were, uh, for instance, we're going to be talking about the True Vine Parable. What we would have is our Bible. That was it. That was the source. And when we got together it was the feeling was let me use the term lexio divina mm-hmm. you know yeah it was it literally means kind of holy reading but mm-hmm. it was also holy listening
0: mm-hmm.
1: and so i i just want to mention that
0: much like yeah. what we do with the children just more on an adult level
1: absolutely yeah. it's very very meditative and yet, imagine Sophia, we had our Bibles in our language, but she would have her desk spread with the Hebrew scriptures, mm-hmm. with the Greek scriptures. So what she was doing was taking us to the roots. Mm. And it would be line by line. And it would be very calming, very relaxing. But the sense of reverence, and allow me just to say... Um, what was immediately apparent to me was here was someone this wasn't simply bible study wonderful as that would be here was someone who had a very very rare background and she would often refer one-on-one to her teachers and for scripture it was especially eugenio zoli Mm
0: -hmm
1: that she met when she was a student in university. Mm -hmm. And when they reopened the university, uh, she went to one of his classes. Mm -hmm. And anyway, so I'm just saying that that radicality of the importance of the word as an aside later. um, So that was one. The other was the time with the children. Mm -hmm. Uh, There was also, uh, that community is extremely generous, so it would be going to different um, settings, schools, where they had an atrium. I also, uh, Sophia, for instance, had a great strength in liturgy as well, although she would never call it that, and was particularly um, indebted to Father Cipriano Vegagini at St. Anselmo's, the Benedictine Pontifical University, Mm -hmm. uh, who was really very noted liturgist. And she told me to go to his classes. Again, I think I got maybe one word out of every 400. (laughs) But, and uh, I also um, uh, went to the Gregorian and met... um, an english-speaking seminarian who worked with as part of their they have an outreach and they do pastoral ministry and his was with the children at the children's hospital there called bambino jesus specifically in the cancer ward Mm. and uh we ended up bringing sophia to speak to the Seminarians doing that, and I ended up spending time with his name was Walter, going and being with the children at Bembino hmm and so it was absolutely full. But it was from him that I learned because he said, "What are you doing here?" And I said, "Well, I'm studying with uh, with Sophie and Jana," and he and he knew of her. He said, "Oh, you know what they call her here." I said, no, (laughs) la rabbina. So it's the feminine version of rabbi.
0: Oh, wow. She
1: was known in those circles of high theology, we'll call it,
0: Mm -hmm. uh,
1: for her expertise, especially in the Christian Jewish dialogue. And in fact, she wrote a groundbreaking essay that was included in a book, and they used her essay title for the book, and it was called Jewish Roots of Christianity. Mm. And then the other thing that was wonderful was, because I was the only foreign student there, Sophia and Jana and Tilde Savannah all had extra time. So I would have the grace of a one-on-one time. And um, Sophia was working from two texts. One was very simple scripture course her insights and the other was very simple liturgy course this is what the people who came from universities would use we know them now carrie as she revised updated as the history of the kingdom of god right volume one and two and what's so beautiful is that that allowed her to Literally incorporate in a physical way in these two books how liturgy and scripture are one.
0: So those two books came from those classes, yes. those meditations that she would do with the people from university?
1: And and everyone who would come. So if yeah, you were yeah. coming on Thursday night, four to six, uh, you know, we would have these. They were just printed up at a local printer. And this would be kind of what we would be working on on our own. And the moment with Sophia was live. You know, now we're living it together. We're meditating together and so on.
0: That's neat. I never knew that that's where those books came from. That's there. you go. (laughs) So you were there for two years. Who else from was you? Were you there at the same time as Rebecca or Claudia? No,
1: no, no. 75 Way before you were born yeah. <laughs> <laughs> way before you know, I uh, as I said, we, we had the first course that she had was in the United States at St. Paul, Minnesota, right And um, some of those people are still active and glowing with joy, like Mary Polta, Carol Dipburner, Mm -hmm. And one of them was Anna May Guida, who has since gone to heaven, but she came during my second year, Mm. which was just an enormous grace. She, Mm -hmm. and as you know, she kept on that path until the day she went home to God.
0: Yeah, so many beautiful pioneers have really helped us build this work, that's for sure. Absolutely. So through your two years you were there, you did learn Italian because you've become one of our main transcribers of Italian.
1: Well, here's the, here's how God can use anyone to do the impossible. Because I was the only English speaking person, um, I I went for language courses for a few months and and, which was not that helpful. It was helpful to buy a coffee and to go and buy bread. (laughs) But in terms of the vocabulary of the catechesis, right. Well, spending all day, every day, pretty much there. But the biggest gift was there is nothing better for someone who doesn't know a language to sit on a chair in a room with children from three to six.
0: Yeah, that's very true. I agree. And with that.
1: they just were my best teachers. They knew I didn't know. So if they would bring over, and by the way, one sat on the chair and did not leave the chair. okay so i was as invisible as i could be but every so often one of them would bring me uh, a drawing and they knew i didn't understand so they would point and say you know word like sole Mm Sun, okay they were wonderful teachers the Mm -hmm. other thing is that this group around the children were as supportive of me being a newborn in their language, as you can imagine. So, I would I would fumble with two words, and they would go brava, ma quanto è oh. brava. Oh, oh, I love you it. know, and, and I spoke really like a, a I don't know, year and a half, year and a half year old child.
0: <laughs>
1: but that was part of that again, the warmth, the welcome. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we're gathered together here, and everybody matters. So there we go.
0: Mm, that's so beautiful. Well, praise God that you recorded all of those different talks, because that's what brought us so many amazing books that you have given us. Exactly. We all get to benefit from those conversations, those those meditations that you were a part of.
1: That's it, Carrie. I never would have imagined, but to be able to go back and... Uh, So part of it was, and this kind of happened, started really with a real, uh, you know how you sometimes know you've got to be doing something that maybe you put off doing? I don't Mm -hmm. mean the laundry. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And what came to me about 15 years ago is, okay, I've got these tapes. They're soon going to be melted to nothing. But the other thing, Sophia is still here, and I would so love if she would work on them to bring them into another form that we can pass on. Mm -hmm. And so that started with the book, We're Going to Talk About Ways to Nurture. And I reached out to her because I thought, you know, let's do, you know how she has that, what we hear in the word, we live in the liturgy. Mm -hmm. So I started with what we called Ways to Nurture, taking the key parables. And then I did, we wanted one piece around the Eucharist, which, uh, and you've done, um, I've loved Anne Garrido's and Marty O'Brien's, and I can't wait for the third that's coming up, I think you told (laughs) me. And then, um, but she was very resistant. No, 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 you Mm -hmm. can't publish what was spoken. And no, no, it's all said everywhere else. And no, no, it's too old. So I said, okay, I, we won't publish it the way it was spoken. May I send it to you? Can we work on it together? So I got a yes for that. Hmm. Um, no, it's not in your other works. Yeah. And, and, um, As for too old, I thought, Sophia, because you're, she was, I'm going to say 85, maybe for you who's, who've lived with this for all these beautiful years, it's brand new to the rest of us.
0: Right, right.
1: So she said, yes. Isn't that amazing?
0: I'm so glad. I'm so glad you persisted because this literally is my favorite book that we have with CGS USA is Ways to Nurture the Relationship with God. So thank you for persisting.
1: Well and thank you for appreciating that because I, I think uh the sense of the richness that she opens to us goes right back six thousand years.
0: And mm-hmm. she makes
1: all the connections for us. Mm-hmm that yeah. we ordinarily, I, I think it's still extraordinary for someone who has that depth of knowledge of the, the Jewish roots of our mm-hmm. lived faith. And mm-hmm. then the other, the other one was, I thought, do you remember how I told you that I would have one-on-ones for Sophia, what I didn't understand about what she was saying? Right. Well, I also asked her for one-on-ones, for what I didn't understand and what I was reading from these mm. two books. Right? So I had my little tiny dictionary and like every word I had to look up except like four, you know? Okay. And after I would get it together, I would write my questions. And she was so gracious, but also, as I said, just by divine design that there was nobody else making the claims that really by the time Anna started coming, the floodgates had opened. You Mm -hmm. know, there was a steady stream and sometimes many coming at once, Mexico, United States, and so on. So um, I brought all my questions and I taped them too, even though she was speaking in English because she would often say, well, check this out and, and look at that book. And that's what drinking from the sources was about. So that Mm -hmm. was kind of the twin. If Ways to Nurture was mainly scripture, drinking from the sources was mainly liturgy. Like, let's talk baptism. Let's talk Eucharist. And it was straight from that, Carrie.
0: Right. The Drinking from the Sources and Ways to Nurture, these are my two favorite books to do in book clubs or book studies at our parish and invite anybody in the parish, especially those who are not, formed because you don't need to be formed in order to benefit from these two books and they're great um, gateways maybe for catechesis of the good shepherd because you read these books and you're like wow this is amazing and you're like yeah that's, that's what we do <laughs> yeah and then they want more then they want to come to formation so this ways and and uh, drinking from the sources yeah so drinking from the sources about the liturgy and ways is about is about scripture. And I, I, I so appreciate these gifts that you have given us. And you've also given us a few other books as well.
1: Well, um, I, I think uh, we're going to spend time in uh, one that has just come out, The Infinite Mercy of God. Mm-hmm. And um, and what it does, I, I, I'm going to say maybe it's like the third in the series. Mm-hmm. Because it takes both the whole world of Scripture, the Word, and then it goes into the liturgy in one particular experience. That's the Sacrament of Reconciliation. Mm -hmm. And they come together at that uh, place of meeting, and it's like, well, what would that look like? What would it look like to experience that sacrament through these eyes? Mm-hmm. But that's for another time,
0: right? We will discuss that soon. <laughs> we'll just kind of hook everybody with that little teaser there. But you've also given us the book like Levin and um, Look at the Light, which we've discussed on the podcast before. So you've given us a a lot, a lot to sit with, Sophia's words and your own to just sit and kind of ponder with. You you've been quite busy since you've left Italy. <laughs>
1: Thank you, Carrie. And I so appreciate when you said you share it in the parish and you don't have to know anything. You're right. The whole point about that is it's like an open door. Come and sit down. Right. Right. You know,
0: just like what Sophia did. She invited everybody, even hey. those who are not involved in catechesis. Or, and,
1: and would never be involved. Yeah. You know, yeah. had uh, it was about, well, what would feed their hunger? What would somehow swaged the thirst for God, for my relationship with God. So that's wonderful to hear.
0: Yeah. Thank you all for listening to this week's episode of The Good Shepherd and the Child Podcast. I have a bunch of links in our show notes to help you with different things. Don't forget that in season three, you have the ability as a listener to submit a podcast question that you have about Catechesis of the Good Shepherd that you would like for us to address or answer on the podcast. I also have a link for you to be able to purchase the book, Ways to Nurture the Relationship with God, if you don't already own it, so that you can do the book study this summer. I have links for the podcast episodes that go with each of the first three chapters that we have already done from Ways to Nurture the Relationship with God. We had Anne Garrido do chapter one with us back in episode 52, Dan Teller did chapter two with us just last episode, episode 88. In episode 61, we had Marty O'Brien cover chapter three. And then our next episode, Patricia Coulter and I will be discussing chapter four. So that will complete all four chapters of Ways to Nurse a Relationship with God for you. I also went ahead and included a link to the episode that we did with Betty Hissong and her son, John, since both Patricia and Dan referred to that episode in all her amazingness. We also mentioned a few other books in the podcast. So if you're interested in those, there are links in our show notes. Remember that whenever you purchase books from CGS USA store, you are helping our work in our mission because your purchase has a purpose. We also have the audio version of The Religious Potential of the Child by Sophia Cavaletti, which is like our main text. We have it in audio form through a Podbean premium channel. So if you would like to purchase access to the audio version of The Religious Potential of the Child, read by Rebecca Savage, check out our show notes. We have some steps on how you can do that. This podcast is sponsored by the United States Association of the Catechesis of the Good Shepherd. We would like to thank all the contributing members because you are making this podcast possible. Thank you all for listening this week. We will see you in two weeks for part two with Patricia. Go and fall more deeply in love with God.